You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Mavericks podcast for Tuesday, February 7th. I'm Mike Marshall. He is Jacob Kemp. He's at NotJackKemp on Twitter. I am at Machine Sports. If you're into that kind of thing, you can follow the show at, uh, at Locked On Mavs as well. And I usually post it whenever the, uh, the episode gets out of the, the audio oven and it's ready for you. Feel free to send us some uh, emails at Locked On Mavs as well. And if you'd like us to be speaking about your company, uh, at this exact moment, you can uh, reach out to us, and uh, we'll see what we can do for you. We'll make some deals happen. But, uh, Jacob, say I want to go to this Mavericks game tonight at the AAC, but I'm also an adult baby, and I don't know where to get tickets from. What would I do? Well, first, you're going to have to search around several different sites, I think, uh, like 20 or 30 of them. It's really inconvenient. There's no better way. Well, this is the point in the ad whenever I take on assumed knowledge that I didn't have prior to the beginning of the ad, thus to speed up the ad. Yeah. You would go to SeatGeek. You would go to SeatGeek, uh, the SeatGeek app or the website. In this instance, we're going to direct you towards that app. Say you want to go see U2 on May 26th. Hey, the day before my birthday. I'm not going to be there, but you can go. Uh, 21 Pilots, maybe, on February 22nd. Anything you want to get out and see, a live event, a concert, a uh, basketball game, perhaps. Um, you're going to download that SeatGeek app. You're going to throw it on your phone. Uh, you can check out your sight line from your seat. A, uh, a green ticket would be good value. They'll grade them for you in case you can't, uh, you know, you don't have critical thinking skills. Red would be bad value. And uh, they're going to take all the, the uh, tickets from all the little tiny sites that you don't even know about and put them right in front of you. And why you care about this is because we're going to save you some money. Bottom right corner on that SeatGeek app, it's the Me tab, it's the Settings tab, it's your Account tab, it's all of those. You hit that, middle of the screen is going to say Enter Promo Code, and you're going to throw in the promo code LOMAVS, as in Locked on Mavs. And that's going to save you $20 off your first purchase via the SeatGeek app. Again, the promo code LOMAVS. There you go. Um, all right, episode number 81. The... Uh, the Mavs lose in Denver. I think I think we said this was going to happen. I don't remember. Um, but uh, the Nuggets, very low key, have been playing okay basketball. Uh, nine and five in their last fourteen. Um, won their last seven at home. Um, the only thing that's like really been bothering them is back to backs. They're two and nine on the tail end of back to backs. Otherwise, they're they're a five hundred team. They're twenty and nineteen on the season. So I knew this kind of spelled uh, trouble for the Mavs, and I think we. This is this is the example we used last week. Whenever I was like, they're going to go into games and they're just going to be physically outmatched. Um, if you're rolling out Dirk at center against Jokic, they can still roll out Nurkic. They can still roll out Hernan Gomez. They didn't even have Fareed or Gallo, but they still um, can can out physical you from the jump. And um, that kind of happened in the second quarter, and the Mavs never really got back into it. Yeah, if you're giving up 30 in the second quarter. I mean, I thought they might have a little bit of a chance early with um, with Jokic getting into foul trouble in the first quarter. Because mm-hmm. then you can 
I don't know. And the, the thing is, they didn't even go to Nurkic then, you know? Yeah. They went to Darrell Arthur, I believe, at that point of the game. And, uh, you know, that plays better for the Mavs five out, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because Gary Harris and Will Barton were careering. Gary Harris can effing ball. <laughs> Dude, he kills us. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, he has his best games against us, but I, it's so consistent that I'm like, well, that guy's got it. Yeah. I like their team a lot. I like how they play really fast. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a Mike Malone fan. They have, you know, like we've talked about, a little bit of a... You have his fat head. That's right. Uh, have, listen, man, if it was not for the viral meningitis, that guy would still be coaching in Sacramento, and they would have made, the, made the playoffs last year. Yeah. I'm, I'm, or year before, whatever it was. I'm convinced of that. Yeah. Like they, they were above 500, which usually will get you done uh, mm-hmm. for the eighth seed in the West. But anyways, I'm a fan of his. I know that, you know, they didn't even need Moutier last night. Yeah, uh, he's dude. Jamal up, Murray, but, yeah. Jamal Murray's scary. Like yeah. I know they've got a lot of high picks and a lot of dudes that can uh, do some fancy things on the offensive end of the court. But if I'm taking one player off that team that's not named Jokic, I think it might be Jamal Murray in his future because he is just slick. Like he, I'm, I'm watching the second quarter again right now, and he's just spazzing out, like getting whatever shot he wants against like Justin Anderson. Yeah, um, he's very impressive. They have a number of, you know, they're. I think they're not that far away from being like the next Utah. Yeah, I if agree. one of these dudes turns into, I mean, Jokic might already be on the track to be considered as good as. Um, why am I blanking on Gobert? Uh, no. Uh, why am I having a brain fart on their Mark white Gasol. play? No, Utah. Oh, Utah's what? Which one? Hayward. Yeah, Gordon Hayward. I mean, they they. Just I don't mean as far as like the position. I mean as far as oh, okay. you need a guy. You need a, a guy that you could mm-hmm. consider a lead dog, and it's Jokic doesn't totally fit that mold, but he's probably talented enough to be. His passing yeah. is stupid. He had nine assists last night. This is dumb. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think you probably could have seen this coming. What the Mavericks were like, uh, you said it's two and nine? Or uh, the Denver was two and nine? Because I think Denver's the Mavericks two might and nine be. tail end of back-to-backs. Man, I think the Mavericks might be too. Yeah, no, they won. They've won one this year. I think okay. it was because uh, so it, it, it was last week. Yeah, it was zero and nine before that. So mm-hmm. they're. It was the know, Cleveland. It was the Cleveland win. That was their first right. win on the tail end of a back to back this season. That's right. Which is not that hard to believe, considering you know it's the first time no. they'd won four in a row. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, sense. dude, they had a, the with a huge win Friday night. I mean, you can't be mad about them getting. I mean, first of all, Denver's probably better. Yeah. Uh, and they're on the road. And so it's not really that surprising. T- tonight is the one that worries me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Denver, I mentioned it, won their last seven at home. And if they're not on the tail end of a back-to-back, they're a completely different team. And the beginning of that uh, that second quarter when the Mavs started one for five from the field, um, and then that lineup of Yogi, Devin, Justin, Dirk, and Salah just got them destroyed in every which way, and they couldn't get a decent look. And um, but, yeah, it drops them. They had a chance to pull within one game of the eighth seed last night, um, but this knocks them down to uh, three back again after, uh, after losing in Denver. It was a, basically a two, a two uh, games in the, in the uh, win or loss column uh, type of game. And so in between the Mavericks and the Nuggets are the Trailblazers, who are one and a half back right directly in the middle. Um, 
The the Mavs are three games back at the Nuggets. They're 1.5 back at the Trailblazers. They can pull within a game of the Trailblazers tonight, but it is on the back end of a back-to-back, which should worry you. And the Mavericks' win total projection by 538 has kind of stayed um, stable since they knocked off Cleveland. They jumped up to 35 and 47, and they've been there basically since that moment, um, which would put them 10th worst team in the league. Um, but, you know, we'll see how that works out. They We've talked about the 538 projections where they don't really factor in why the <laughs> – how the how the pizza gets made. They don't really they don't really assume that. They just take your results. Um, yeah, but, but so, the, the other thing is is that well, along with those results is I have no effing clue how Miami is pulling this off. Wow. And <laughs> and I think some of it, a couple of those games were without Dragic, and they've won 11 yeah. in a row. Um, so that's a team that was right there with you. And then yep. at the same time, Philadelphia and Minnesota, because Embiid hasn't been playing at all, right. which is a whole other topic. Um, but they're headed back the other direction. So, mm-hmm. And then – before we move on to Yogi, I think if I actually think Okafor is a pretty good fit in uh, in New Orleans because I think you could play them together. I yeah. think you could play Brow and Okafor. We'll call one of them the four or the five. It doesn't matter because mm-hmm. Davis is going to defend your five. Yeah, I think if they do that, they're they're going to get a lot better. Yeah, I don't know I mean, about they'll... a lot better, but they'll be better than what than whatever they are now, which is I believe is the Eighth they're worst the f- team in the league. Yeah, I mean, they're projected to be the, the fifth overall pick. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this, uh, that trade, because, I mean, they've tra- they tried a, a true center next to Anthony before. It didn't work out at all. Um, he needs to be playing five, and with Okafor, he can play the five, and Okafor can play the four offensively. But the, what that team is lacking, like, I don't think Jalil Okafor necessarily fixes any of it, and I worry about him occupying a lot of the same space. That, yeah. Anthony, that Anthony's trying to get to, which they can stagger their minutes, obviously, and run their offense. Like, dude, when, when AD goes off the court, their offense, unless Tyreek goes insane, like I did their game last night, uh, and this happened. When AD went off the court, he, like, dove into the stands, hurt his shoulder for a minute. He went off the court. The game got away from him. Um, but they ended up, they ended up winning um, in the end. But their second unit is just atrocious. Um, they're rolling out, like, Solomon Hill. And uh, Langston Galloway for extended minutes trying to, like, just grind blood out of both those stones to try and get points. And I don't know. I got a lot of I mixed think you feelings could, about I it. think you could, you could stagger their minutes a little bit to where Okafor helps yeah. your second unit because I think he can be a, a pretty nice bench-scoring big. And the other thing is, even though he occupies some of the same space, it's not like he's Omar Ashik. Right. Like, he can shoot a little bit and, you know. Oh, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Little, I don't yeah. – I don't, I don't want him to shoot from the elbows. That's where AD, that's where AD would live if he could. Um, I don't know. It just kind of feels like a save my job kind of trade. Quite honestly, um, getting a really talented guy in his second or third year and uh, saying, "Well, let me wait until these guys get worked in," because Dell Dimps is about to get his ass fired. Because I mean, they let Eric Gordon go, they let Ryan Anderson go, and they try to replace him with um, Langston Galloway and Solomon Hill. And that team's just like, there's no one. They don't have one alpha dog on that team, and I don't think Jalil Okafor is an alpha dog either. Um, but okay, so I, if you've got a first round pick that's not that different from the Mavericks and Alexia Jensa, that's about the same as like Dwight Powell or Salah Measury. Would you trade the Mavericks first and 
I don't know. I think Powell's probably better than Agenza, but he is. Let's say Saul. Well, I don't know. It's, that it's, feels weird it's too. Next, next year's pick, right? Yeah, I think it, I think it's 2018 with protections. I don't know. I've seen a couple different things that they were asking for Drew Holiday, and the Pelicans kind of backed away from that. And then they start talking about the 2018 pick with protections, which is interesting. I mean, would you do that? I'd get in. I mean, if top seven protected next year for a guy and, you're not sure if he can start, right? You think he can, but it's going to be a little hard, right? For Okafor, and you're throwing in like Bogut to make the salary match, like. Sure, let's do it. Like I like, I I need young talented dudes, <laughs> like, and he's definitely one of those. And if he can figure it out, and maybe even like give half a crap on defense, I think he's got that inside of him to be really special. Um, so I would do it if I were the Mavericks, and I'd probably do it if I was the Pelicans too. But I I kind of see through what they're doing with it, which is a, a save my save my job kind of trade, and I don't know. I think they need, like, a really good, like, veteran wing player, like a two or three, and those don't come very cheaply, um, and they're hard to hard to acquire, obviously, and this is the move they had to make. They had this one in front of them, and they needed to create some buzz and maybe save their job for another year, and this would definitely do that. So, I don't know how it affects Nerlens, really. Uh, doesn't make me happy. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, they seem increasingly comfortable – paying him to be a backup big yeah and I, I mean i i just remain convinced someone will take a chance on him with a big dollar amount so yeah i hope so that i think is going to be a bad move for them but what are what do i know yeah all right well uh let's talk about uh the man of the week who did not get player of the week uh that went to uh steph curry maybe you've heard of him but uh yogi pharrell a little buddy a little buddy kevin little kev um, went insane Friday night, hit nine threes against the uh, Trailblazers uh, up in Portland. Um, I think that was like, I think that's the most points by a rookie in his first 15 games ever. Uh, the first rookie ever to hit nine threes in his first 15 games as well. Um, and he earned himself uh, a little bit of money. It was kind of, I think he said he had agreed to this deal prior to the Portland game. But, uh he could probably get more money than this if if he wants to run that on back because he agreed to a two-year deal, and all the Mavericks can offer you is a league minimum um, for an extension during the season. So he's going to make $507,000 the next two years. Um, that's been a, announced? Yeah. I mean, that's all you can offer is a, is a league minimum, and he said he's in the – you know, there's reports that he agreed to that deal. So he's going to make a little over a million dollars the next two years. Um, I guess guess the the goodwill that they got by letting him start and taking a chance on him meant a lot to him because I think they were, there was a very similar situation with Jeremy Lin in New York where uh he was on he was on a non-guaranteed got his contract guaranteed then into the season um they couldn't offer him hardly anything um and so he bounced to Houston um because he was worth more than what they could offer I don't know if it was minimum or what it was under their uh at the, at the time, but yeah, he's going to be here for the next two years on the minimum, which is $507,000 a year, um, which I, I like. I, the thing I keep coming back to is what happens to Yogi when J.J. Brea comes back? Yeah. Like, he's not playing 37 minutes a night, um, but you're not paying him 
you know, the same dollar figure as, you know, a lot of the, the backup guards you have. So, um, I don't know. I feel like he needs minutes. He needs to be playing a lot. I don't know if he's a starting caliber point guard, obviously. Um, and I wonder what happens whenever he's not knocking down three to four threes a game, and in some instances, uh, nine. Well, he can get to the rim, though, man. I mean, that's the one thing is that he's he's his ability to get to the rim is probably the best on their team right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Seth on Seth during certain stretches, like against Portland the other night, could dude he went like. He went blue steel in that fourth quarter against uh, against Portland. Like their offense was playing like crap, and Seth kept bringing the ball up, and either Dame or McCollum would come out and check him, and he's like, "No, that's not going to work." Yeah, yeah he, Barnes and Curry have both gotten better at getting to the line, but I still think, I mean, just right yeah. off the rip, Farrell uh, walks into the league and is getting to the line, you know, four times a game. And yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, they just don't really have anything like he. Well, basically. It comes down to what is the future of J.J. Barea and Devin Harris. Yeah. You know, because I think we've talked before, like, it's probably not wise to expect either one of those guys to play a big role for you next year. Like, even no. though they're both, I think, you know, Barea's is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Harris is. isn't. Yeah, Devin's only partial, or if might be, um, all of it might be up in the air, honestly. I don't know. 2017, 1.3 guaranteed out of 4.4. So that's mm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's nothing. And Beret is on the books for 3.9 next year, which mm. is a very small deal. Yeah, it's nothing. But if they're here, they're going to play. So they either need to be not here or... Yeah. I, I think, don't know. I think, I think Devin's gone. And you use JJ and... I mean, you're going to be happy that you have three-point guards whenever... JJ does miss that month of the season, um, and Yogi gets you know full on. I think you could get Yogi twenty minutes in, JJ twenty minutes somewhere in there. What about um, Curry? Yeah, that's you know, a good I mean, the, it, basically, here's what it comes down to: is if you've got those three guys, even if JJ's mm-hmm. only playing fifty five games a year or whatever, one of them is going to have to start at the one or the two. <laughs> yeah, that's. Because otherwise, you just don't have enough minutes to go around. I mean, we've already talked about maybe bringing Dirk off the bench. You're bringing Powell probably off the bench. You're bringing Anderson off the bench. You're probably going to have a first-round pick that you're not willing to start. Uh, And at some point, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about last week with, like, being conflicted about them winning. I don't care if they're winning as long as everyone's playing. But if, like, D-Will and Berea come back and all of a sudden I'm back to playing – a combined 38 minutes a night for Yogi and Curry, then it's not worth it. Yeah, that ain't happening. I think I think I need – I'd probably be more comfortable with Curry starting um, and Yogi coming off the bench and then – damn, Yogi and JJ playing together, though. That might be really bad. <laughs> I don't know. They're about to get in a weird spot. They're about to get in, like, a Denver spot where you have, like, five guards that need, like, uh, you know, 24, 25-plus minutes a night. Um and I'm yeah, more worried that's... about next year than what happens whenever Bray comes back this year. Since oh, for sure. Since the, both Curry and um, Yogi are locked up. But still, yeah. I mean, if we're going to be losing these games, mm-hmm. I want those guys playing. Yeah, exactly. And we talked about it pretty at length last week about I don't care how you get like three to five really young, uh, exceptionally talented, promising players. I don't care if it's with the top five pick or if it's with the top ten pick and you develop the other dudes. I don't care. Just make it happen because <laughs> yeah. that's what that's what needs to happen. Um, 
All right, we can close out with some uh, Yogi numbers. Um, so he started five games. Uh, he's now participated in 37 uh, pick-and-roll situations in which he was the ball handler. Um, in those 37 possessions, they've scored 35 points. That's uh, 9.46 points per possession as a pick-and-roll ball handler. That would put him in the 81st percentile. Um, and that's kind of – he's kind of stepping on uh, Brea's toes because that's only thing J.J. Brea does whenever he comes in. So uh, I'm very curious to see how that all works out. But Yeah. Um, so in spot-up situations and in transition, uh, he's only got like 10 of each, so he doesn't really qualify for uh, percentiles yet. But both of those, uh, spot-ups and transitions – uh, he is north of 1.28 points per possession, which I guarantee you would be number one if he did that for a season. <laughs> He'd be in the 99th percentile if he did that for an entire season. Um, and let's look at the lineups that he's uh, he's done well in. Obviously, the starting lineup is the one that has the most minutes. Um, which, well, bo- the, the new starting lineup. <laughs> Barnes, uh, Curry, him, Matthews, Dirk. Yep, yep. Yogi, Curry, Barnes, Wes, and Dirk, uh, they have a 116.4 offensive rating, a 98.8 defensive rating for a plus 17.6. Let's see. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And then his best um, three-man unit that he participates in, oddly enough, is with Devin Harris at the two. Um, With Yogi... Devin Harris and Wes Matthews, um, that three-man grouping. Granted, they've only played 13 minutes together. <laughs> they have a 181 <laughs> offensive rating, an 84 defensive rating for a plus 97-1. And, oh, by the way, okay, so so starting Yogi at your point guard, you might think that you're, like, surrendering a couple of things. Uh, let's just say rebounding. Rebounding's been pretty good, at least with that new starting yeah. lineup. You I roll think. out Yogi, Curry, Wes, Barnes, and Dirk. So everyone's sliding up a position after, uh, basically after Yogi. They're rebounding the ball at 52%. That's their I mean, rebound that's, percentage. That's winnable. I, that's fine. That's I more think than fine. Their overall numbers are something around like 45 or 46, which makes yeah. them worse than the NBA. Right. So that would put you in the top 10. Yeah, exactly. And then their turnover percentage is going to be one of the lowest in the league at uh, 11.5. I think they've been um, – I've got their last 15 pulled up here. Let's see. Turnover percentage in their last 12 is 10.7%. So one out of every 10 possessions you turn the ball over, um, and that's best in the league over the last 12 games. So it's kind of starting to look like a Rick Carlisle team. Um, and you think the things you would be su- surrendering with Yogi on the court aren't necessarily happening. So um, – yeah, Darren probably doesn't need to play again. <laughs> it's going to be probably, weird, man. I mean, I don't, what's the update on him? Uh, they just – I just – in the game recap, they were like, Rick Carlisle says he's getting close. So whatever the hell that means, I don't know. Because I know um, – I know that it's probably going to be at least another month on JJ. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to get, <sighs> we're know, get man, a nice that... extended stretch of uh, Yogi. The Darren thing is just a matter of I don't I have such a hard time gauging whether or not he wants to play somewhere else or not. Right. I really yeah. don't think he does. I really don't. I mean, I think Cleveland. I think there's like two spots that he would say yes to, and I think Cleveland might be one of them. But I don't know. If they want to take Bogut as well, because I've heard they're interested in that. <laughs> let's uh, 
Go ahead. I Have wouldn't be su- I wouldn't be surprised if they were more interested in Bogut. Oh, I don't know, man. I know that he would be more likely to go. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. We got the trade deadline in uh, what, like 16 days. So we'll uh, we'll get all over that. But um, all right, we'll be back with you tomorrow, um, which will be today's Tuesday. I'm all off. Tomorrow will be Wednesday uh, after the uh, Trailblazers game. Uh, 7.30 tonight at the AAC. Jacob will be on the uh, the post-game show on the ticket. Uh, oh, no. We got stars. Yeah, it's a stars week, buddy. Uh, screw I'll my do, life. I'll do a post-game show tomorrow morning here Just, on yeah. Lockdown Mavericks. How about that? <laughs> right here, about 10.30 a.m. Right. post-game show. All right. Thanks for listening. Jacob, thank you for your time. See you.